0: Yeah, Miranda.
1: Wow, that's like hearing that two of my stuffed animals are having sex. Five dinners with no dick is, um,
0: how do you say, uh, not very gay.
2: Hi, everyone. This is And Just Like That, The Writer's Room, the official companion podcast of And Just Like That from Max. I'm Michael Patrick King, writer, director, and executive producer of And Just Like That. And sitting around the writing room podcast table with me are the people that sit around the writing room reality with me, starting with... Elisa Zeritsky. Hello. Executive producer, writer.
0: Susan Fales-Hill.
2: Consulting producer, writer. Julie Rottenberg executive producer, writer, and ta-da, ta-da, director of this very special episode entitled There Goes the Neighborhood. It was written by Julie Rottenberg and Elisa Zeritsky.
0: They can't see it, but we're waving (laughs) pom-pom.
2: About the title and the episode and the fact that Julie directed it. Now, if you haven't seen episode nine, please turn us off and go and watch it and come back and join our conversation because we have a lot to say. I want to start off by saying writers sometimes move into directing. And it's an exciting thing when it happens. And it happened to Julie on this show. And I love a writer-director because they come from the point of view of the writing first. Julie, how was your experience?
1: It was phenomenal, mostly because having worked with you as long as I have, I think it's been more than two decades. Having watched you as a writer and a director, I had these two very different pairs of glasses, shall we say. And I remember you on the first day you were homesick with COVID. The universe just sent us a crazy little surprise bon twist, bon. plot <laughs> twist. Um, and I remember you said to me, "You were like, have fun. You're going to be great. Take your writer hat off." And that was really important because you know all these years of me sitting in those chairs at Village as a writer, annoying. You or whoever the director is. Village with all is my not, a,
2: it's not a destination. It's, <laughs> it's not some cute town we all lived in. <laughs> no. Village refers to video village, which is where they put the playback machine and the writers gather around, holding the scripts and doing an ongoing caucus about right. how it's going.
1: You're looking at the monitors. You're watching each take, and then and after the, the director yells <laughs> So I had to. Get rid of the writer hat a little.
2: When I said put your writer hat down, I meant put your script down. Stop looking at the words and start Uh, looking at the image because you never put your writer head down. And that's the great fun of a writer-director. That has worked on the show, I know you know what the target is. So these were a lot of very big targets to hit in this episode. It has a combination of many things. It is a drama. It also has a giant Uh, what we call block comedy scene. That's where a bunch of scenes run together and all the characters come together. The fun raids are the meet and greet. The meet and greet that Harry and Charlotte, primarily Harry, throws for his buddy Herbert. But all these characters dump into this big farce scene. So you have all the energy of the comedy of the farce and plus all the realization of where Carrie and Aiden are and where they're going. So let's start about where they are. And it starts with jump in time last we left the characters Carrie was going to Aiden's farm
1: and we wanted
3: to in Norfolk, and Virginia. we know and we knew right away that it was a great trip from right, the end of the, the episode
1: the and we wanted to jump ahead a little
2: because we didn't necessarily want to do Carrie goes to Virginia we did
0: consider it
2: but the reality is we didn't want to do it artistically production wise it was hard it was winter it was not supposed to be winter in this episode. <laughs> and we,
3: we really just thought the real estate was used. We needed the real estate in New York, I think, yes,
2: more with than we'd away. So we have Aiden returning from his Virginia. And the first thing he says is that was a long week. Carrie's sitting in bed and she's waiting for him reading a book.
1: And this idea that they have settled into this rhythm of he's down in Virginia with his kids for... A week. Mm-hmm. Every other week. Every other week. He comes so to town. sort of like a custody ag- mm-hmm. arrangement. Um, and we wanted to show they've settled into this nice little routine. They're in the Airbnb. Yes. They're sexually domestic.
2: Aiden yes.
1: has to check in with his kid. Um, so you get that right off the bat. And we get to see Wyatt for the first time, I think. It's yeah. Awesome. And yes. Wyatt is an
2: interesting character because... As you can see, we're moving this storyline perfectly along for a couple. They're connected there, it's working. I mean, what's better than not like, I'll see you next week. I'll see you the next week. I'll see you the yeah. next week. And <laughs> it you walk in, you walk in the in door
0: would work better that way and you, 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 feel,
2: you feel how much they've missed each other and they kiss and she's dressed for him to come in. I know it's cash, but it's, <laughs> but it's sparkly see-through <laughs> cash.
3: <laughs> and then
2: you, we had to think, okay, now what are we going to do? What's the reality? Now that we've painted the fantasy in episode eight, Eight, I think, which was like, mm-hmm. they're adorable, and they're working. And so now what do we do? And you have to start to introduce, what does he come back from Virginia with but extra legroom smell and also the scent of a family moment?
3: I just want to remind you guys that we were going to introduce Wyatt and Aiden's other kids mm-hmm. via right. a FaceTime call at the coffee shop with... Miranda and Charlotte yeah, yeah. we wanted to lean into
0: She's
2: the gleeful. fact that she
3: was excited that the kids were reaching out to her and that meant but that she was over. kind of a hit but yeah. maybe not with with Wyatt we always knew but that I Wyatt But I also want to say
2: that anytime and this goes back to other episodes, episode four, about the kids going to camp, I would say, we need to see the kids. <laughs> Julian and Lisa would roar, I don't need to see those kids. I, why, who cares about the kids? And I would go, well, they exist. So, I mean, it's going to become probably important in Aiden's life that Carrie and the kids have a relationship. I don't, what, what, they're going to, what was essential and what was important to the Carrie Aiden storyline is that Two of the boys were a fan, and one was not. Uh,
3: Yeah, not not.
2: sold. Not sold. as she says, he is not buying what I'm selling. So you can just imagine what Carrie Bradshaw was selling down there as the girlfriend, not the mom.
1: I also want to say we start the episode with this logistical issue, you could say. They they can't stay in this space. Airbnb anymore in Che's place. Because they they're
2: supposed to be secret. Right. And, and of course. And as Aiden says, I got a nice salute from the doorman, and Carrie goes to, she goes from sex kitten to like Edvard <laughs> <and> Milk <Munch> painting, <laughs> like the scream. You don't talk to people. And he goes, yes. It's my nature.
1: He's so damn chatty and friendly. He's He's a friendly guy. He can't help Um, himself. So it becomes this logistical issue of where are they going to live.
2: Because they get an eviction notice that slides under the door. And one of the things we built to was the idea of that pounding on the door. We didn't know who (laughs) it was going to be, but we knew Aiden was going to be in his underwear. (laughs) And it was going to be some sort of a dangerous comedy assault from the outside. And then the door slides under and it's his fault. And now the they have is nowhere up. to live. And she says, unless we, mm. she doesn't even finish the right, sentence. That,
1: and she looks sort of that cute, Sheepish. like, Are and I, aren't I cute? We never could go, go back. There. And he says, I'm never going to go there.
2: So now we have a dilemma. We have a dilemma of Carrie and Aiden have nowhere to live. Chase in Carrie's apartment. Aiden is now going to leave town and go back to Virginia because it's been a week. And the next time we see Carrie, she is coming into Chase's apartment which is really her apartment. And it's not just Che that's waiting for her. It's Che and a kitten. Because a new character has entered besides the kitten, which is Toby, is this character who has entered into Che's workplace and found a box of kittens and uh, opens up the box and it's adorable (laughs) and annoying and troublesome. But Toby sort of awakens something in Che which is flirt. Yeah. And well, it's- com- And Toby
0: remembers Che as a fabulous comedian. Yeah.
2: Right. Toby sees Che, Che sees Toby. And the other interesting thing in the way it's shot is what's very prominent on Che's laptop is the the- LGBTQIA flag. And it's like there's a signal between the two of them that they're of a like mind.
0: They're both non binary. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And then you see Che suddenly says, I'll get rid of the kittens for you. I mean, I'll take them to the place. And let me know if you're ever doing stand up. And Che says, Yeah, I do stuff. But Che has said, I'm never doing stand up again.
1: And also, you get to see Che for a minute just working their job, keeping their head down, doing their thing. And and in that moment when Toby says, hey, has anyone ever told you you look a lot like that stand-up? You see the first flicker of like, oh, yeah, like that That's that was who me. I was.
2: Yeah. I was famous, or I was that person, and now I'm this person. Yeah, uh-huh. And then Judy comes over and says, you know what you have to do? And, yeah, I have to do stand-up. And, no, you have to get rid of those kittens. You have to find some homes for those kittens. So then Carrie walks in and sees... The newest character of the show, the kitten.
1: And I just want to say, we we shoot these things out of order, and the kittens grew so fast that we had to <laughs> recast. It was one of the hardest the shoot. It was. It was like the kittens are growing. When are we shooting that scene? So. When we
2: shot the little kitty. First, <laughs> Julie then had to go back and shoot the scene oh. where the little kitty is introduced. But by the time we got to it, the <laughs> little, <a> little kitty <laughs> was a 100 years old. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> the little kitty was a cat.
3: Not a little so kitty So then we anymore. couldn't
2: film it until we found, get this, folks, oh another litter that looked like the kitty- that- that we, we just, had That we was were were a very
0: specific color.
1: It was, I felt like I was a surrogate and my, like they kept giving updates. They're like, okay, the kittens are
2: doing well. Uh, I think we're going <laughs> to get I'm them yelling, down. What here? color are they? Do they match? <laughs> oh my God. I don't care if they're young. I want them to match. Like- anyway, so the idea is that this little, <laughs> this little plot twist of a new character for um, Jay to sort of be awakened by, brings in a new possible character for Carrie, which is this kitten. So Carrie walks in and Che is working on stand-up. And then Carrie says one of my favorite lines, Carrie says, are you doing stand-up? Yeah, but just to impress somebody. And Carrie says, why else would anyone do stand up?
0: <laughs> yeah. And Was that a reflection on your past? <laughs> I mean, I think come it's a reflection on.
2: on Carrie's point of view about <laughs> people self-sacrificing themselves on stage for attention, which is not her gig.
1: Yeah. But
2: um But what- it's
1: this scene that Che, when Carrie references, like, Yeah, I just came here to change, Aiden's waiting in a bar around the corner, and Che says the thing out loud that I think only Che could, which is, A, what happened in here that was so bad that he won't even come up two flights of stairs? And Carrie uncomfortably says...
2: She says, a lot of stuff happened in here. She thinks and then just does a blanket generic statement.
1: And then in response to the question, how's that going to work, Carrie says... I don't know. I mean, that's—and that's the real dilemma. It's like the logistical problem of them finding a place is one level, and then it's like the elephant in the room. And I think even more importantly, why is Carrie
3: holding on to this relic?
1: Are you really that sure, Carrie? Yeah. Yeah, I am. You know, it hit me the other day, like, why am I holding on to it? For what? You know, the man I love won't set foot in there. It's time, you know, and it just, it feels right for me, for us, for all of us. And Lise, this was your, I remember you were saying the search for the new apartment, and we can talk about the new apartment, that was one thing. But then why, if this apartment represents such a painful, it's such a bruise. It's a scar
3: for not just him, but for them as a couple that. It was one thing for her to hold onto it and marry big Mm -hmm. and say, well, I love my old place. I want to keep it. But then the person who literally died in that apartment was Aiden. And so, like, to (gasps) hold onto it just felt— And yet it was a
0: radical move. How, Susan? Because everyone was gasping at the thought of this apartment that has represented so much and that has been her and her independence— a and radical move to get rid of it. To get rid of or it. Or to was, even
2: think about getting rid of it. think about, exactly. And remember that this is also, this apartment represents a return, because she tried to live in another apartment in season one of it, mm-hmm. just like that, mm-hmm. and it was yes. modern and sterile, and she didn't feel it. So she allowed herself to go back to a place that she felt comfortable, and we now have re- painted her into a corner of this place might make her feel comfortable, but it mm. makes the person that she's now with feel uncomfortable. So is it time to sell? And when you talk about selling an apartment on our show, you have to go immediately to Seema, who is the real estate mogul who sells apartments. And that brings us to the beginning of her story, which is in the last episode, she agreed to show Ravi around New York. Ravi's played by Armin Armini, and he's an amazing actor and a really unique character because he represents so many things. He's hot, he's sexy, he's He's grounded, he's international, Mm -hmm. he's an artist, and he's a diva. (laughs) So you have diva on diva action (laughs) Mm -hmm. in an effort to really bring home the fact that uh, Sema is a real estate person a real real estate person living in New York every now and then we get to do a special cameo that has something to do with a real person playing themselves and in this case we brought in Ryan Sirhand who's an amazing real estate titan in New York City
1: it's very rare and i i appreciate because this was Seema as a professional how um she she defers to Ravi. Well, when when and you can tell she's being driven crazy you mean but when, she's still very What do you polite. think of it?
2: Yes. Yeah, she's I mean pretending it's, to be It's like a it's creme patient. brulee. A creme brulee <laughs> surface with a little tap 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 Stop and it, in a minute sp- she's gonna push right through that and get into it. Like what and when she says, Listen, you cut rate Spielberg, yeah. what's wrong with this apartment? Yeah. And he says, Is it the best? And she goes, no, I showed you the best fight, which is good for us, too, because then we don't, as writers and showrunners and directors and producers, have to say, this is the best apartment in New York. Right. We say, no, you didn't see that. It was off camera. Mm-hmm. And he says, the only reason, romantically, out of nowhere, we have an Omar Sharif kind of appearance, <laughs> and he goes, I wouldn't have had these wonderful days with you. And she says, I thought you only directed action pictures. And he says, oh, you want action? Very important that she nod.
0: hmm And then Consent. she gets action.
2: And really what it shows is that Seema is now... Uh, rattled, She's outside her comfort zone. She's – I mean, Seema's she's, even – all her rules. She's even walking yeah. like not Seema. It's She's, true. like, clumping around and, and trying her to tie her, her wrap dress on. And I kept saying to wardrobe, has to be a wrap dress so that but she can, can just get it on quickly and off quickly. And he's there, like, king shit in the bed, smoking yeah. <laughs> a, I love a blue cigarette. that he
1: actually got under the sheets is, you know, like, I'm thinking – let's just think about how that
0: all
2: unfolded. But she's hectic <laughs> – which is not a color we've seen yeah. on her. Which yeah. yeah,
0: we want to Yes.
2: So the idea of real estate and, and apartments brings a connection when Carrie thinks she and Aiden are meeting just Seema for dinner. And Seema walks in with Ravi Gordy, this uh, international film director. And Aiden knows who he is.
0: And is a super fan of one of his films. Nepal Kapow. <laughs> I just want to know how out. you came up with that title. Nepal Kapow.
2: <laughs> well, based on reality, it was R, which I was completely enthralled by when we were working writing in the writing this. room. And I was like, this is what he would do. So Seema is bringing him here for what reason? Why is she bringing Ravi to this meeting?
0: Because of her friendship with Carrie. Carrie is her sounding board. And she's... It's sort of, she's is this okay? She's test driving she's, him. Yes. And I think she's really wrestling
2: with,
3: well, Can it's I- fun. It doesn't mean anything, but she's obviously ambivalent about that and wants to,
2: yeah. I think she's bringing him in to prove that he doesn't work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's why Aiden liking him.
1: Didn't help.
0: And that why Carrie's amazed
2: by the fact that these two, you know, come on, what's better than yeah, like, they're very you cute. bring a date.
0: And, and he your falls a bromance. Your date yeah. likes each other? Like, I mean, it's like, oh, it all
2: works. Yeah, and it's the a look- nightmare heaven.
0: Yes.
3: And in, in <laughs> our... right, it's nightmare fantasy. <laughs> I think she was
2: trying to disprove that he doesn't belong in her life. And the minute he sits down, he belongs in her it life. It didn't work. And, and as Asima says to Carrie, who's kind of surprised and charmed and amazed, who is this guy? He's nobody. nobody. <laughs> and then you cut into the bathroom... And they get into it. What's the problem with him? Carrie's sort of just calling bullshit on her whole line of defense. Mm -hmm. Like, oh.
0: Seema is the poster girl for the— Intimacy issues. Intimacy issues. (laughs) But also they ask her while the two worst fates in life are not getting what you want and getting what you want. And here's a woman who Mm -hmm. said she wanted love. And here's somebody who's a worthy— And, yes, and it helps you
1: see— the The role she played in that, that sometimes she can't get out of her own way, and
2: also, really, the question is seems to be worthy, seems to be worthy. Mm-hmm. It's all surface. Mm-hmm. And she is checking off the reasons it doesn't work. And, of course, the main one is a show business. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. a movie director. And yeah. I, I seem it doesn't have in inherent knowledge of movie directors. She just knows, That's not good. She's talking about all the DMs, the actresses slipping into his (laughs) DMs.
1: (laughs) And she knows herself well enough to know she's not going to be able to tolerate that. Or at least that's what she's
2: told herself. And this completely independent woman out of nowhere blurts, he's not marriage material.
3: Which, obviously,
1: Which
2: is,
3: reveals everything. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why I mean, is the M word her even being say, used? Who said
1: anything about marriage?
2: Yeah, and Carrie, yeah. and she says, no one. Change the, Change the subject. And the subject Carrie takes her to is a new apartment. apartment.
1: And she knows just the She's place. like, that's a great, that's her safe space.
2: It's big. And she said, it's too big. Maybe
1: it's too big.
2: And then, no pun intended, and uh, Carrie says, well, I'm thinking of, you know, I need I might a bigger need space. more space, and then and you this cut has... into the Gramercy Park apartment. We have to talk about the writing room reality of us deciding she might need to move on, and where could she go?
0: It had to be someplace magical. It had
2: to be someplace magical. And, you know, when you're writing and living in New York City, writing this show and living in New York City, you're always constantly taking in information. And John Melfi, our executive producer, brilliant executive producer, at one point when we were doing Sex in the City, lived on Gramercy Park in the building next to the building that this apartment actually based on. is. <laughs> based on. Based on. And I never got it out of my mind. And the thing Beautiful. that I liked about the idea of it is it's, Aiden talks about his farmhouse. It's a red brick thing. This has red bricks, but it also has this intricate craftsmanship like wrought iron, wrought iron, which I think would appeal to Aiden. It's
3: sort of southern. It
0: looks it, like it, southern, it southern yeah. and then iron. you
2: go across the street, and there's basically New York City's Gramercy Farm. It's like it's like look, it's you an can Edith still see green. novel.
3: I mean, it it's it is. As preserved as any part of New New York, York, it feels like the age of
2: innocence. Right. And the idea to me that Carrie thinks that this is it, because it seems like it could be good for both of them. And as she alludes to, his kids, if they would ever come up. But first we have to see it. And she brings her trust fund, her I trust their opinions, mm-hmm. and you see it's a two floor apartment. And still, I don't care Which how,
1: of how much city.
2: how established you are when you have a staircase in your apartment, <laughs> you're that's the thing. Mm-hmm. You can go up and down in an apartment. It's a very big deal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's all horizontal in fifteen rooms, but up and down. come on. So this gorgeous set and the the three best friends walk in.
1: And the reveal and mes- to them of even if it's not this apartment, I'm selling my old apartment. And that she had to she had to get their
0: benediction blessings. Yes. Yeah.
2: So when we knew that Carrie was potentially gonna move, spoiler alert, potentially move <laughs> into this apartment, we knew it was important. And so did Molly and Danny, the designers. They knew that this was a moment, this light filled white space, what are they going to put them in? And they picked three classic character, iconic vibes. Carrie's in a flower, (laughs) a big flower in a painter's smock. Mm -hmm. Charlotte's in the most floral, big Mm -hmm. sleeves, the world according to sleeves. (laughs) And Miranda's in some version of sex in the city, yeah, Miranda. Her power, oh, suit. A power, power suit. suit yes, but power it's suit. Power Now. Mm-hmm. And it's stylish and it's not off a rack at.
0: And it's not Low men's. Yeah, no, she's low-man's. not. The,
2: it's a thing. The and Brooke here sister. these three friends are talking about a potential new direction for Carrie. And the shocking thing is the phone rings. And this is a shocking thing. And it's not <laughs> written, but it's performed. The phone rings. Carrie says, Oh, this is Seema. Am I taking the apartment? And Miranda goes, yes. <laughs> Cynthia <laughs> decided to go, yes. I think that's Cynthia <laughs> Nixon, New Yorker. Who yes, knows about apartments? The apartment. I don't so care right. what I happens. Yeah. <laughs> and she even jokes, uh, uh, can you see me here? Because I'm moving the in really, with her. But right. The reality is it's not Seema. It's a character we've wanted met yet. to meet for quite a while.
1: Kathy, who Aiden's remains off-screen until,
2: until she doesn't. When a character is off-camera, people have sort of invented the character. As it's you like know, sometimes when the characters up. are on camera, <laughs> you go away, they invent them or reinvent <laughs> them. But who is going to be Kathy? And what is Kathy? We knew she was a textile designer. We wanted a kind of a, in my mind, back in the day, the opposite of Carrie, mm-hmm. which implied, I guess the phrase would be, homespun versus Mm. city slick. Mm -hmm. But because we made her a textile designer who was successful, she had to have her own unique taste and we were lucky and targeted this actress, which is Rosemary DeWitt. She...
1: Has everything.
2: She has everything. She's intelligent. She's beautiful. She's, she's
1: soft, but...
3: But strong. Strong, I would say. There's and a softness about her.
2: And she's an event. Mm-hmm. Because and, and she's down so- to earth. Yeah, and she's such an amazing actor.
3: And should we say the fun fact, which just purely by coincidence, happens to be married to Ron Livingston in real life, who played Berger on Sex and the City a Million Years Ago. So, so, that was, so,
2: so that, that's, delicious. So that's <laughs> meta, 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 delicious. Meta, 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 meta. Meta, meta, meta. Get the just, elevator. Just
0: play with that for a <laughs> while. <laughs> the <laughs> wife of an ex.
2: So we have the excitement of seeing Kathy, who's coming to town for and the fabric show. And
0: a
1: meeting with yes. Carrie. And the idea of being asked for coffee with this very loaded,
2: fraught. Except that. Except that we— She has already said everything was fine with right. yes, Kathy. We didn't yes. want to do that. Right. If we weren't, weren't meeting really, for the first yeah, time. No, we, we weren't, weren't maleficent. Good. No. Right. We, wanted say, we, right. Right. we wanted to say that's too easy. We had a great time when I was down in Virginia. Right. But
1: that would make me even Not more— Not a great time.
2: She said it, it was, was fine. It was fine. It was fine.
1: It was easy. That would make me even more like then why are we— Sitting down right. for coffee. I liked it when <laughs> right. it was we all, met in a group and it was right. fine. What's happening? Um, and then that scene, I mean, to have those two actors who are both so in control of their own characters, their own feelings about the scene, playing this very polite... But fraught, yes, and this it's grown up, and yet you see, I love that there's a moment when Kathy sort of is ramping up to her ask, which is, I know you're a writer, you draw from your personal lives, but I'm going to ask you not to write about my kids, and you see Carrie almost relax, like,
0: oh, Oh, I can handle that, handle that, and and we have to acknowledge Samantha Irby's. Yes. Contribution yes. to that, because as we talked about, what is this scene about, and what are they discussing? Uh, this came from her real life, which is when she met with the ex of her wife. That Who was the request asked that she
1: not write about. You're a writer, the please children. don't write about the children. And we loved that, and we thought that was a perfect way to to bring their conflict right into the center of the story. And you see Carrie sort of relax, of course, no problem. And then she goes one farther and says, actually, I have been thinking about the children and and, and I'm planning to move. And you see then, then it's Kathy's turn to be taken aback. The fact that after Carrie says, you know, I'm going to be
2: buying this place. This is the moment we wanted to bring up. Mm. And
1: then Kathy says, oh, oh. And then you see her Wheels. sort of take back the the power. She says out loud the thing, again, that no one else is saying, which is... But the audience is thinking. the yes. whole
3: Probably from the minute Aiden comes back, is Carrie going to fuck this up again?
1: Is she going to hurt him again for the third time? And again, Both women were, they weren't going to lose the very polite, possessed. They're dignified. But she says, oh, I'm well acquainted with our history. And even then, as if that would be the last line, Kathy says, because it's not just him anymore. It's my boys. And that, it's like, how do you come back from that? I mean, well, that's you get a drink, you get a nice tea,
3: for yourself. <laughs> you get a nice tea, and actually, and that's
2: where we established that no waiter came over because it's a, it was very important that it be mm-hmm. a place where you had to get it yourself. And Carrie says, "I can do that," and they don't even service each other. But the thing of why you write a character, a scene, is to respond to the history that the audience is thinking about. You cannot hurt him again is so important to the audience Mm -hmm. who have been with Carrie for so long.
1: And so out of line, I'm just going to say. That's pretty
0: fucking audacious. You know what I I like
2: about it? Go ahead, Susan.
0: I don't find it out of line, actually. To me, it speaks to a real mother. It speaks to somebody whose marriage didn't work out, but she still loves this man. That's what I think. actually—
2: so. I think that their marriage didn't work out and they feel like they're friendly because they're raising the kids. She has them them one week, mm-hmm. he has them the next week. They live 30 miles apart. He has the farm, she has the city. But the reality is, I think she's worried about Aiden because guess who had to see the damage? Not the audience. They didn't see it because she had we to didn't show that. She, she had to she resurrect the When ma'am. Aiden left the show, he went somewhere. And you better believe that She's the
0: one who patched him
2: up. Patched Mm -hmm. him up or dealt with it. Not Mm -hmm. sure, but had Mm -hmm. to feel, oh, this is a Carrie thing. Oh, this is a Carrie thing. And she also says in that, I I read your last book. Now, my question is, did she read any of the others? Or is this the first Mm -hmm. one
1: she read? I think it's probably the first one.
2: But what what I love about what we can do is now we've opened the wound. Mm -hmm. Now, on some shows, you never mention it again. But in light of the new Carrie Aiden honesty, in the next scene where she shows Aiden the apartment, she reveals what happened.
1: I I don't think she would have. I don't think she was planning to until
2: it... She can't lie to him when he says, are you sure about this? Yeah, until
3: he doesn't have the exact reaction that she... Expected him to have. What's that to the reaction, to Lisa? I think she expected him to love the apartment just as she did. And then when he, when she says, "and and another thing, I'm going to sell my old apartment," I think she was expecting him to say, "Oh, I'm so relieved. I love you Thank so you. much. Thank you. That makes me so happy." And instead, he's a grown up and he's reserved, and he says oh, you don't have to do that for me, that I'm okay for you to have. She
2: says, I want you to be happy. I want
3: you to be happy. And he says, I am like, happy.
2: But Gramercy Park is a very different neighborhood. And I feel what he's saying subtextually is three little Virginians, me and you. Right. It's a different neighborhood. You have to be sure. Yeah. It's not... You have to be sure yeah, about me and you. he doesn't want it on no. his. You're but bringing in the three little Virginians. This
1: is a really big deal. I also want to circle back um, to what happened for me as director slash writer that day. The way John Corbett played those first few lines, he was very playful. And then he said, this is really something. And it's only when she says, and I'm selling – I just so you know, I'm also selling my old place that he – then he gets serious and drops it and goes, oh, you didn't have to do that for me. And I I like that. Like I hadn't envisioned the – the turn. Yeah, but he, he mm, Yes, that he sort play. of dropped the playfulness and it got real very quickly.
2: I think it's interesting because when I was watching the show, when you handed me the cut, what was surprising to me was that Aiden is so far away from her when he's saying yeah. this very intimate stuff. You would think that he would move closer, but instead he stays away and lets the words... Fill the room. And then he only steps in to make his point. It's like he doesn't run to her to make sure she understands. He's like, here's what I'm saying it's all about space. And one of the things she says about the apartment it's big enough for us. You won't hit your head on the ceiling, joke, joke. But there's a lot of space they're giving each other. And that's why the Gramercy apartment is so exciting because it is more space for Carrie, more space for them. And when they do the, what I feel is almost the vows, when they're standing next to each other under that arch and then he's saying, Are we going to hurt each other? Because she says to him, Kathy Kathy said said this. And then he goes very human and goes, I'm going to tell her. I never say anything about her. And that
1: is important. We really wanted to make it clear that Kathy has a boyfriend. It's not like she's pining pining for Aiden. No, Um, No, but
2: he gets to that couple thing. Like, I don't say anything about her boyfriend. mm -hmm. And then Carrie just stops that rant.
1: Yeah, And mm-hmm. says,
2: we're not doing that. We're doing what do you think about me hurting you again?
1: Yeah. Well, and in a way, I feel like we as writers and viewers, the growth of like, of course, he can't say to her, you're never going to hurt me. I'm never going to hurt you again. Of course, they're going to hurt each other. Like that to me is real growth. It's like, yeah, we're going to have hard yeah. things. That's and what people do. That's what a real relationship is, and, it's so funny. and I want to give huge kudos to John, whose idea it was. It wasn't in the script that she pulls him back for the kiss after like he says, says "I'm gonna miss kiss. my, I'm gonna miss it." I also think if I if I don't get out of here five minutes ago, I'm gonna miss my flight. And it was Corbett's idea, and he just pulled me aside and said, "What do you think?" If I think right after that. She pulls him back for a kiss, and I was like, let's try it. And yeah, then and then they kissed like, and, and, kissed, and kissed and kissed
2: and kissed and kissed, and like she doesn't want to let go of this yeah. moment. And then she goes, okay. And <laughs> she grabs her purse and they go out the door, and then Carrie's he- heading home. Yeah. And as she's coming up to her brownstone, Lisette, the single girl who lives underneath her.
0: Her younger who doppelganger. Who <laughs> last
3: scene in episode three, correct?
1: Yeah. yeah. And it was Destroyed. almost like we mm-hmm. needed... A sign from the universe. And that's what this gave us. Yeah, because for she
2: has not yet said she's sure, but Aiden to Seema, she Aiden says, You've got to be sure. And she's been holding it. She hasn't taken the apartment yet. We made it very clear it's still mm-hmm. a moment. And then Lisette announces that the guys, the gay guys, because I always knew they were gay guys. Because that apartment is too
0: yeah, fantastic to-,
2: to have been sublet by anybody but two gay guys. They decide they're coming back to claim their apartment and Lisette is out and she's rattled. She's emotionally rattled in a way that, that Seema is sexually rattled. She's pissed that she's going to l- lose this place. And she says to Carrie, can you imagine ever wanting to leave this place? And, and
1: Carrie says, actually,
2: actually I yes,
1: can. I can. And as as viewers, like as a fan, I can't imagine her leaving that place. Like it hurt me to see her walking yeah. up that stoop. Yeah.
2: And it it didn't hurt me because I got so creatively excited about Gramercy, but I do understand the emotions of it, having been through many incarnations of boxes coming and going in that apartment. <laughs> and then when she calls Seema and says, I'm sure, I feel like we moved forward. And it's both emotional and scary.
0: I also think it marks another closing of the door on her grief. To be able mm. to let go of yes, that apartment and really step into the future with confidence. It's a beautiful moment of maturation. Mm-hmm.
2: She's ready to move into a new neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, and the interesting thing about writing a series after so many years is you're always emotionally trying to move people into new neighborhoods. And mm. one of the neighborhoods that we never imagined we'd be joining is Miranda and, and Charlotte, Charlotte. wondering oh, if their yeah. children had <laughs> Are sex? sleeping together? Oh I my mean, God. this is an un uncharted <laughs> turf. But when you guys came up with the idea that there's a dynamic between Charlotte and Miranda, sort of wondering if the kids hooked up by the very real problem that Miranda uber student, uber driven,
1: driven uber
2: career tracked is being Ivy handed, scholar. which is that her son, that she has funneled hours and hours of homework at night at the table, right. forcing this, which is clearly at this point, a non-scholastic road. I mean, Miranda is handed Brady saying, I'm not going to school in another episode, and Mm -hmm. she's on a slow burn, slow Mm -hmm. burn, and then she asks him for a coffee and then says, hey, she's actually been sending him college courses where?
0: Costa Rica. Costa Rica. (laughs) Rica. (laughs) She'll take
1: anything.
0: She'll take anything, and she can
2: work on his surfing? And
3: And, and get college credit and improve his Spanish. It's perfect.
2: And and Brady... Clearly not really Miranda's <laughs> son is like I smell this and this is not a casual <laughs> back coffee off. and well, back off
1: and as now that I have teenagers um you you see that sometimes those of us who might be control freaks you you you're determined to do something the way you think it should be done and I feel like Miranda in that scene is Trying in her stealth way to not so stealth. Right. Not you're right. But
0: <laughs> the, the stealth that her of a mac. Oh,
1: truck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> she actually it takes a hit and keeps coming. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he says, check out. Yeah. And and it is an important line.
1: Well, and I love that Miranda, I think she went there on a mission. I think that was like she's not gonna give up. He he busts her, she comes clean, she's like. Please will you do this thing? He draws the line and is like, Hell no, you have to stop. And she says, I will. No, and then I will. she says that. But the me, most, the no. most no, but-
2: important thing in this scene, Julie, is that he says, You didn't find your direction till you were what 56? That's shocking mm-hmm. that that child says to, look, right, you're 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 so about, sure you were so your sure your of your path, mm. and then boom, you didn't. And then she calls
0: Charlotte, and then, um, maybe Fabulous Lily will rub off.
2: So now here's Miranda saying, will your child motivate my child? Go and,
0: all the way to
3: Brooklyn. And then,
2: <laughs> and, then, and then here's the thing. She walks into the... The Charlotte, York, the York Goldenblatt home post Charlotte working, which is a bit of a chaos. It turns out Harry's not a good, calm force in the house. <laughs> Rock is now the over-ordering, and Lily's <laughs> controlling Harry's m- anxiety about who is going to be the kosher caterer that they get for this thing because there was some sort of a... Because there's
3: one couple there's who's a rumored, attending there's who a cares a rumored, about kosher. There's
2: a rumored non-kosher dumpling. And <laughs> Harry's also pissed that Charlotte's been at work till all hours for of the, the night, night, which is says 7.30. <laughs> i
1: as, as working moms, I have come home to a, a, a scenario, let's just say it's hours past when I would have thought that people would have either eaten dinner, taken showers, cleaned up, walked in, and nothing has happened. I'm not saying that I don't have a phenomenal family, but I let's just say— <laughs> Uh, you you feel the guilt and rage? rage. Thank you. Rage, that's the word. The <laughs> quickest quickest thing to go it is was like, you, well, Michael. you weren't here. Well, mom, you were in here. And that's what Harry says out loud.
2: But what Charlotte actually does for her great friend Miranda, a uh, significant person in her life, she turns to another significant person in her life, Lily, and says, will you go out to Brooklyn to scout? Where and I, I wanna say that the thing that drops the 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 challenge to Charlotte is when Miranda says, Charlotte, <laughs> I don't want my oldest son. My only life, son. <laughs> my only son's
1: <laughs>
3: my only thing child. to be the
2: mastering the crinkle cut. French fry, because he's working as a, I guess, a kitchen sous chef or a a, a
3: fry, a, a, fry, fry, cook. Cook. fry cook a fry cook at yeah, his
2: dad's okay. place scout. Which, and of course, Miranda has huge judgments on. So anyway, Lily agrees begrudgingly, and you realize, oh, they're not close. They're like, not friends. <laughs> they're they yeah. not friends. Not they haven't other. been since they're twelve. <laughs> and she has to put herself in that position, and Miranda. Is very thankful. Back in her apartment now. Here we go. Now and we can mean, jump into. Me- meanwhile, Naya. she's
0: hoisted herself on her own. Batard.
2: Yeah, because Miranda now remember if we when last we left Miranda, she's sleeping in what is ostent- ostensibly a padded cell. <laughs> yeah, she's in Andre's <laughs> music room, and you know when we started this season, one of our goals was to keep following what's Naya's life like post. Andre. And what that means is, okay, it starts out small, going out for a glass of red wine and a meal by herself. Mm.
3: We did really try to chart her path. So she was flirted with by a sound guy, but then we don't think anything happened. On Halloween, around in the Halloween episode, she she was on black singles, got cyberstalked
2: by a white guy, and then she went into a bar with Terry.
3: She has her one-night stand, one stand, and she's excited. But then we worked really hard to figure out, like, well, what we wanted. We knew we wanted her to have sex, enough sex that it would be annoying to her roommate, Miranda.
2: <laughs> and also to send her to an amusement park. Yes. As as occasionally characters get to yes. do in this On multiverse.
1: Sex in the City universe, yes. And we also wanted to earn... Miranda having to go back to her house. And I remember
3: back in the Zoom room realizing that the the complication would be the bathroom. The one bathroom in the apartment is in Naya's bedroom. So here's the episode where we get to see the complication in action. Naya is enjoying the modern convenience of ordering sex. The way you order takeout. The way you order takeout. Which, by the way, when we were writing Sex in the City, women couldn't really do that because there was no
2: internet also speaking of where writing impacts directing i i personally from sex in the city through and just like that have directed numerous comedy sex scenes and it's really important that we understand that in our world sex is either romance or comic. We never try to do anything that's pornographic or lascivious because why? That's not That's what this, for other shows. That's do for that. other shows yeah. or for porn. Mm-hmm. So here we're handing Julie this giant <laughs> montage of Naya's having great sex. And Elisa, you were the one who this is another Elisa thing. I just want a little runner of Naya having sex without attachments. Every now and then there's a really thin slice, I like to call it story, mm-hmm. that is packed. So no,
0: and we didn't need to get to know this man no, at because all. It, before it, he was a whole character. And because because
2: we didn't, and the reality is that Julie was handed this montage, and when you're writing a montage, it's like Naya has <laughs> crazy, <laughs> no, fun, it. tender sex.
0: <laughs> wow, wow. Like, like with sex. the same wow. guy
3: Tinder a few sex. times. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But I also want to um, give a pointy finger to Elisa Zaritsky because originally you said, like, this could be the moment when Andre Rashad comes back in a painful way. And that suddenly that felt like more of a reason to do this story because it's all fun and games and she's having great sex and she's so liberated and untethered now in her single life. That's mostly what she's been doing
0: this season and then to have that gut, gut punch. And of, the gut well,
2: punch is what, Susan?
0: Well, that he she sees on his Instagram page that he's announced that he's going to have a child with, with Heidi with the hat, Heidi hipster Heidi. Hat. And we had not... Paid much attention to the grief she's feeling about the loss of her. By
2: marriage. design. Mm-hmm.
0: By design. It was no no no. We absolutely mm-hmm. by design. Yeah. But we put as it away, grief goes, yeah. it goes in waves, and suddenly the reality is. Yeah. Wow, I really did. This is really happening.
2: And the wave of shock and sadness that comes over Naya through Karen Pittman's performance without any words, he says the, the guy says to her, maybe tomorrow, she goes, yeah, ma- whatever. whatever, whatever. And then she just sits back and you see, wow, it's-
0: It's a flip it's of like a switch, the party it's incredible. Is o- yeah, yep.
3: And that's the bonus of
2: it. What else this whole tender story got us was Miranda has to pee and they're having <laughs> sex and she can't interrupt them after having the comedy night of her tossing and turning. Now she's in a robe, I mean, in a bath towel. towel. We've already established, Audience that Miranda lives like old apartment is like three minutes from Naya. She says that's why she tells Che, I'm gonna go yep. there. It's easy. I can go to mm-hmm. both places. So you cut to Miranda coming in up her stairs to go to the bathroom and <laughs> the and door who's bedroom. There. Lily.
3: Hi, Aunt Miranda.
2: <laughs> in a t-shirt. Except she doesn't <laughs> say it like that. She says uh, like Aunt Miranda. Uh, <laughs> hi. She's like guilt, caught. Maybe mm-hmm. so. Now we're walking the thin line. The fun of the show is, did they, didn't they? But really, the the, the icing on the whole Sunday is Miranda calling Charlotte <laughs> from the soundproof booth at the Human Rights Watch,
1: <laughs> which is <laughs> which, which is
2: really one of my favorite
0: and watching
2: sets. Charlotte try to justify how it's.
0: Possible, possible that, they were, that snuggling. they
2: were buddies or, you know, <laughs> kids today. Just
3: talking late into the night. <laughs> yeah.
2: And Miranda says, without her pants on? <laughs>
3: when did the
1: pants go on? You cut to Charlotte, who to me is like a little smug that she's actually gotten her daughter. She followed the assignment. She got her kid to go.
2: She said, yes, I knew they were sleeping over. <laughs> Because Lily told her, I'm sleeping over, yeah. and then she wrote the rest of the story, which, like, they talked yeah. late. They're, they're and like cousins. And then Miranda said, no pants on." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that means emergency lunch meeting. Just to see
1: Charlotte and Miranda in midtown, the hellish rush of lunch where everyone's running out to get their food and get back to their desks because nobody takes a real lunch in New York. Not all is crazy the, workaholics. is the
2: lunch moving too fast— the world is moving too fast right. for Charlotte because Miranda, D.A., lawyer Miranda, is making the case. Here's the evidence. This happened. This happened. This happened. This happened. And Charlotte's desperate. Running out
0: of <laughs> excuses. And then,
2: and then she says the classic, Brady's not even her type. And Miranda goes...
0: What is? What does that, that mean? mean? Oh my god. And that is
2: the so, fun of the whole thing. And then the way god Cynthia says God bless those
1: two actresses. The third I know. rail, the third rail of like mom to mom friends when you fear you've accidentally. <laughs> and then you outed make it worse by right. explaining Just like, it. Keep digging. Like you I love Grady, <laughs> and it's like okay. She says it just like that, okay.
2: And then she, and then she says, "I wanted them to rub off on her. I wanted to rub no. off on him." And then Charlotte says to the guy, and it's one of Kristen's great line deliveries. I, I, I have no appetite. <laughs> this whole thing is coming to a head at this meet and greet where Harry has decided because Herbert's running for comptroller of New York City, and Harry believes, as we believe, writers, that Herbert would be a wonderful addition to any politics of the city. He's decided he wants to introduce Herbert to his crowd of lawyers and get this whole thing, get them on board. And the party serves as this great, as another I say, one buffet, of our- feast of bringing everybody together. It's another
0: assembly ball scene, which yeah, all the stories converge. Yeah,
2: and it starts with Harry and Herbert talking to another couple and she wants to know where his wife is. And what she's also been eluding earlier in the very first scene of Herbert and LTW is you discover him coming home from work and LTW is asleep at the desk and she wakes up and tries to cover The fact that she fell asleep as anyone who would, I would, if I was asleep in the middle of the afternoon and my my, my type A, (laughs) slightly judgmental working husband came home and said, were you asleep? (laughs) He says to her, well, kids haven't eaten. But she says, the reason I'm asleep and she believes it is that she's up all night working on his campaign. Yep. And it's, you understand that not only does she have a new thing that the PBS wants to, are interested in making her documentary and, and she's 10 doing parts. the proposal she's for She's doing it. the proposal. She's also supposed to have made dinner. She's <laughs> right. also right. supposed to have been really, his campaign yeah. manager. Yeah. It's and it's like, she, she's like had it. Yeah.
0: She's up to here.
2: You can't burn the candle at both ends like we used to. <sighs> We're old now.
1: Not so much old as exhausted from staying up till two, working on a certain candidate's guest list for the event at the Golden Blades.
0: Oh, well,
2: that would be me. And I thank you. Did you finalize it with the campaign office?
1: No, I didn't. I was trying to get my work done first. Is that allowed?
2: So we're back to the, to the the to the meet and greet. And the first thing they say is, where's your wonderful wife that Charlotte told me so much about? And he says she's late. So... LTW shows up late and and says, where where is he? And I'm sorry, I'm late. And Harry's introducing Herbert. And in the corner, before they come on, the backstage of this meet and greet, you see that Herbert's a little mad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And accuses her of being passive aggressive.
0: And not having wanted him to run... To begin with, and mm-hmm. basically and dragging to, her to feet, throw. and, and we know yeah. the like reason asleep.
2: she was late. And
1: you're on time to your PBS yeah, thing, but you're, but you're sleeping late for, me. for
2: mine. And the reason yeah. it's sleeping is that's the pregnancy trait we wanted to explore. Yes,
1: we were. We didn't want to do the vomit. Seriously, the, the fr- whenever I see a woman
3: throws up in a TV show, and it is <laughs> she is definitely <laughs> pregnant, right? Like it, it, so happily, no vomit. Yeah. In this episode, she's because right.
2: you can be yes. tired.
1: Oh my God! <laughs> yes. I've also never been so tired. Yes, as Busy. 40
2: something, first. and pregnant.
0: Yes, and so yes, exactly.
2: Um, so she reveals to Herbert that she's pregnant. Well,
1: I believe she would not had she not been pushed. I think no, he she was would have told so him
2: later. Mm-hmm. Just but she blurts totally it out,
0: pick picking at her, because
2: he goes and goes and goes, and he says yes. it's passive aggressive, and then and she, she says, says I'm, "I'm not no passive
0: aggressive. I'm pregnant." Just at the moment when he's. Yeah, no. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hear from our candidates yes. Herbert. And God bless Chris Jackson playing <laughs> oh that my God. complete shock. Playing
3: shocks. every color of <laughs> shock, <laughs> yeah, elation, fear, confusion. Uh, uh, yeah. Dropped. So, so perfect.
2: You know, uh, uh, the fact so, of the matter is, we wanted LTW to have a surprising bump. Uh, around the time when her career is taking Mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. We wanted to complicate the character. We wanted to play with the idea of this surprise as we are coming into the conclusion of this season. And then, of course, Carrie and Charlotte are in the hall. And I love when everybody's at Charlotte's. It's just a really familiar yet kind Mm -hmm. of like, she's just like socializing. And Mm -hmm. she has a little cocktail and she says, have you met Anthony's poet? So now we know they've been a kiss and the poet and Anthony are somehow in this party scene, which Mm -hmm. is filmed with lawyers and a person playing. It's a very 1930s, very uh, Preston Sturge's kind of a vibe, Julie. And because you're a writer, you knew that it had to be funny. And as a director, you knew it had to move. So it's a lot. And I love scenes, they're called block scenes, where everybody's involved and it bounces around like a pinball. There, 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 there.
0: And everybody learns about everyone else's emotional through line Mm -hmm. and Mm storyline because Carrie learns... That Miranda and...
2: Uh, right. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, was my like, what
0: and are you guys Charlotte talking about? are worried about their children. And <laughs> yes. also, we realized... We, we tried to
2: keep you out of it. Yes, yes. yes. Like. Michael, oh, Charlotte.
3: I, I, I have to give Michael credit for the... It's like I just <laughs> found out my two stuffed animals <laughs> <We're having laughs> had, sex. had sex. Which was well, right I'm... out of your mouth, and it was the my favorite line in the whole episode. And
1: it's rare on our show that two of our friends keep something from a third yeah. like that would have been a coffee shop table and so that felt like a first that Carrie's like what are you guys talking
2: and about and she walks away and she walks away <laughs> she And can <laughs> imagine how we feel yeah.
0: yes. anyway then she
2: walks away and fi- walks straight into Anthony and so happy to see him and then you know like at this point all these characters know each other so it's like seeing somebody you love at a party hi and then he's like don't get I hear your poets adorable mm-hmm. don't get attached <laughs> I'm ending Green card. Green card. Anthony cannot justify why this handsome young man... Would want him. Would want him. And it's just so interesting because Anthony's always been cock sure. Words intended.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But he's also still, I feel like that's his... Protective metal is like I'm one one step ahead of him. Like yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I will not be played.
2: I will not be played. And then and uh, Giuseppe comes up with a lovely plate of barada and very lovely. And Anthony just walks away and says, does get me make me a plate. Make Doesn't make, make plate. my make you my wife." <laughs> and then he chases Anthony down and says, in another room separately, "Why are you running away from me?"
1: Which is again. Saying the thing out loud to Anthony that Anthony would normally have such a protective wall up that no one would dare to actually say that to him, and,
2: and that's you know, we why he's so that we, he does that. Yeah, we brought Giuseppe in so that Anthony could fall in love. We, we and it's wanted a poetic a,
0: soul, yeah, and, and we and, also
2: saw it. Uh, you know that there's a wall up mm-hmm. that Anthony put up that I will not have sex with you except past a kiss. Why Mm -hmm. won't you invite me up, right? He says on their the first time- Again,
3: intimacy issues. Intimacy issues. And the first
2: time we see them in this episode, they're coming home from a date and you've established on the street that this is like their fifth date and when are you going to invite me up? And Anthony makes excuses about the apartment, which is a very New York thing to Mm -hmm. do. And it also resurfaces his relationship with Stanford Mm. that they're not yet divorced. Stanford's somewhere in the world. It's a whole thing. And the neighbor, the super's looking, you know, and it's just all an excuse. And Giuseppe, of course, calls it a bullshit excuse. Yes. But now we know they haven't had sex. They're not. And Anthony finally says, you you want a green card? And he reveals. Mm
1: -hmm. My mother, uh,
3: I don't need a green card. He has dual citizenship because of uh, his mother's from Buffalo, which
1: we just... Made us laugh,
2: um anyway, now to Julie, talk about your world famous spy scene in the kitchen.
1: thank you, so like to me, what is so funny about Miranda and Charlotte on this little um caper this little caper is that their styles are so different, and yet in this they are they have to work as a team um they're spying on um Brady and Lily in the kitchen and and switching places and trying to play it cool, and they're they're ridiculous. Like the fact that when they're busted or he, um, I'm going to say Neil Brady turns around, and that they're they're like children uh, uh, who just got caught.
2: <laughs> well, they are, and it's like they, you know, look, these actors can do anything. You've seen Cynthia get out of a na- naked. <laughs> now watch what she's doing with that breadstick.
1: He just brushed her elbow though I can't tell if it was intentional or not. Okay,
0: switch. Oh, my God. Okay, now they're just on their phones. Maybe you're right. Now they're laughing. It's unclear if they're laughing at the same thing. Hmm.
1: Oh, these breadsticks are so good. Amazing. I'm so glad we came yeah. and got them.
2: Hey, I mean... So cool. Those breadsticks are delicious, and I'm so glad I came in here. But now they're in search of where they are. The Brady and Lily have disappeared, and you discover them outside of Lily's and Rock's bedroom. Bedroom. And... Sh- Miranda is sure they're doing it in that bed. <laughs> District Attorney Miranda Hobbs is like, it's clear that, that they're nowhere the else, but in that there. bed.
0: The act and, is going and, on. And
2: Charlotte's like, no, they're probably just listening to music with rock with their headphones on. They do it all the time. And then rock walks by, farce. And they have <laughs> to say, that. they'll open the door. <laughs> they knock on the door. They open it. Nothing. 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 And they close the door, and you see
0: Giuseppe and Anthony. I mean, it is Um, the most beautiful French farce
2: scene. Yeah, because they've been making out with their pants Pants off. And the fun thing about that that's another (laughs) wardrobe thing I said to Molly. Giuseppe has to have a really long shirt tail because he has a really famously long penis. (laughs) So it has to be long enough to cover. It's all intricate, folks. You know, and the other thing, the last beat of this entire story, which is important to us, is that Charlotte says, Miranda, I had a lot of sex my mother had no idea about and I'm fine with it. (laughs) I don't need to know. Well,
3: we originally way way we back debated. we w- we thought that Lily and Brady would be a, a couple. couple. Like we I think originally originally it was going to be out in the open that they had slept together and I think it was only while we got into the deep writing and thinking about it that we realized it's so much funnier if, if they we don't just, really we know. Don't.
2: You can think they went all the way yes. or they just talked like Charlotte. It's a depend on which character you are in your head. But <laughs> um, the other thing of the, the, the cocktail party that we got to... F- Just thin slice follow through is Harry's jealousy
0: of Mark Uh, Mark Casaubia,
2: who was played by Victor Garber,
3: planted back in episode Episode four four,
0: when he met. They met at the dinner, the
3: anniversary dinner, and by the way, when we filmed that episode and saw Charlotte and Mark like sitting next to each other and the sort of the energy that Victor Garber and Kristen kind of played with each other without. I think without but, even realizing it, no, there did seem it. to be
2: it, it's a, yeah, a potential it spark. Felt important. And the interesting thing about when we were talking about Marcus Sabian, we wanted to bring somebody in who was legitimately a powerful person, a real thing if Charlotte was gonna invest in working for him. And you said, Elisa, you know, like a Victor Garber would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was like-
0: We all said, "Ding, ding, 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 ding. So we're like,
2: why don't we ask Victor Garber? Sarah Jessica and Victor are very close. They're friends and he knows some of us. And he's one of the rare New York actors who has never been on Sex and the City. And it was like, oh, this would be interesting. And Victor was like, I would love to do well, that. And
0: he has all Sex. of the panache and, and the sophistication, yes. exactly. And I love his opening line to Carrie. I used to, I used to date a woman in this who lived in this building. A, yeah, to yeah. It's so yeah. yeah. to Charlotte right. Right, Charlotte, right, when he comes in, and you feel that he's, he's
2: this guy who's through three failed marriages. But if if Victor's going to be in the show, we were like, okay, well, you know, like you have to go through Carrie to be in the show. At some point, you just have to like, you have to must walk through the Carrie moment. So we're like, okay, the disclaimer is he only likes blondes. That's what she knows from the ladies Mm -hmm. at work. Mm -hmm. And then he's talking to Carrie about his ex-wife and a very important scene for us because we really, in the last episode, when Carrie says was big a big mistake, we wanted to check ourselves here and have that addre- addressed.
3: Yeah, I, I think it was really important to both allow Carrie to have a moment where she wonders if her marriage and choosing big was a big mistake. That That's an okay m- regret to explore and to have, but I think all of us agree in the big picture of her life, no, it wasn't a mistake. And she, she you know, by that. saying to Mark Kasabian, uh, no, he was a wonderful man. We had a wonderful marriage and it ended too soon. It kind of, so it redeeming like sews him. up that open
0: wound that we yeah.
3: we. But it's We deliberately also, opened, but it's eat. also
0: two things can be true at once. Yes, yes. There yes. was an element of it yes. that was a mistake, and in another way, it was the most
2: wonderful experience yes. of her life. And so, she wouldn't, yeah, no, she, she wouldn't. We, we also it. wanted to do right by Mr. Big from a yeah. yeah. writing sure. point of view because he's a significant part of her life and always will be. And then she leaves, and gets to show Aiden Gramercy Park, mm. and as that happens. You get to see the outside of the building we were talking about mm-hmm. and you get to see their excitement. And just like that, this is the end of episode nine. Thank you, Julia, Lisa, and Susan. We'll be back again next week to unpack episode 10 of the series, The Last Supper, part one, The Appetizer. Stream new episodes of In Just Like That Thursdays on Max. Listen to the podcast on Max and wherever you listen to podcasts. And just like that, The Writer's Room is produced by Neon Hum Media for Max. At Neon Hum, Cher Morris is the executive producer.
3: Joanna Clay is the lead producer. Sammy Allison is our head of production. Zoe
2: Culkin is our associate producer. Sam Baer is our engineer. That's it for the show. Thank you for listening.